The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. That was an interesting day. I was walking. Good morning, Rutherford County. I have one of my old buddies, uh, Judge Don Ash, and um, uh, you were circuit judge for a, a long time 18 years wow that's amazing yeah, and, that and you did such a great job i love sitting in your courtroom when all those big cases you, you had a murder cases all the way down to whatever yes. and um i can remember that you completely controlled the setting in in those circuit cases uh, and uh I, uh, I I don't think I ever saw you lose your temper, and you never lost the direction of where you were going to go. And you kept the jurors uh, educated as to what was going on during that process, which is which was amazing. Yeah, your office did a great job, though, with that. A lot of those murder trials were sequestered juries. And Wit, I don't remember Wit's last name. Davis. That's right. Whit. How could you miss Wit Davis? I know. I'm sorry. It's age. <laughs> but I remember because uh, what we'd have to do is a lot of times we'd go to Chattanooga and pick a jury, mm-hmm. and then get them in a bus and bring them down here. Have to keep them in a hotel uh, a couple times for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And your office always did an amazing job. Uh, we had to take all the telephones out of there. Had to take all the telephones out of their rooms. Had to take all the televisions out of their room. We had like a media room, and I had to go pick all the VCR tapes to, that they could watch. And it was like yeah. Sound of Music and all this Disney stuff because I didn't <laughs> want them watching any murder mysteries while we were having a murder trial and stuff like that. But I, I did. I was funny thinking about you. You know, you and I have seen a lot of crime scenes. Yes, you've been. You've seen them live. I've seen them pictures of them yeah and i think after you see that kind of violence for so long it almost desensitizes you a little bit you're not shocked uh as much as other folks are so you really have to be think about jurors seeing some of this stuff yeah and family members sitting out there in the jury uh, out there seeing the stuff i used to tell family members okay we're getting ready to look at some pretty bad pictures this might be a good time to leave if I yeah. if I knew that was one of my loved ones I wouldn't want to watch this, but yeah we did we did a bunch of murder trials I mean a lot I was thinking about last night uh, about how many uh, that you and I and your cold case unit down there oh, oh yeah my gosh they did, did such a great job we they did really the, did we did the uh, uh, Gilly trial with mm-hmm. Laurel Salmon when she got killed. Uh, there was one yeah, case. I hate to even hear that one. Yeah. I did one case that y'all helped me with where uh, a husband, no, a wife and her boyfriend got a cousin to shoot her husband out in the woods like it was a deer hunting accident. And that was a cold It case. was a cold, cold day. It was. It was. I mean, the snow was about a foot deep on that day. Yeah. And, and we were having to collect all the evidence that was going on and talk to some of the people in the neighborhood. Yeah, but it took, you remember, it took a long time to get a conviction uh, on that. Yeah. And on the Salmon case, that took a long time because when the killing first took place on the genes that were left at the scene, they didn't have DNA, so they couldn't test. And, and, and Steve Waldron, bless his heart, another good friend of mine, he he, he uh, put a wrap around the uh, suspect at the time, and we couldn't talk to him. Yeah. Of course, he's one of the best attorneys we ever had in this yeah. community. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I did. I think I think Rutherford County in the last 30, 40 years has had three death penalty cases, and I've been involved in all three. I was a judge in two of them, and on one of them, uh, it was the McGill murders. I don't know if you remember that out I in do. the country. I do. They're uh, related to me. Those five boys go out there, basically to rob them, and then one of the boys shoots and kills yeah. both uh, both the McGills. And I represented Ben Hall McFarlane, Judge McFarlane, was uh, related to one of the boys, and they hired Ben. That's then, the one that I'm related to. And yeah. then Ben hired, and then Ben wanted me to help him. So Ben and I tried that case. And then, if you remember, they asked for the death penalty, not on my, not on our client, but on the shooter. Yeah. And then they didn't get it. Uh, and then the other two death penalties I did was the Captain D's murder down there uh, where they executed those two people, mm-hmm. really three people, uh, in, in the freezer at Captain D's. Yeah. And then the other death penalty case was the O'Charlie's killing where they shot the manager through that through that door. So, yeah, I've, I've had some experience in Rutherford County. <laughs> I, I, to be honest with you, putting those particular type of cases, courtroom cases, and judge it on television has become, in my opinion, it's a travesty to have that done because you have people that are uh, making decisions that are not part of the courtroom itself. Exactly. And and where in the world, why have we lost that control of, it's almost like you're watching a television show that... uh, uh, is not a real thing, but right. but then as it goes along, you you get to thinking. I'll I'll, I'll do myself. I, I say I'm not supposed to be watching this crap right here on television right. and listen to all these opinions of what's actually going on. Talk- and it's controlling it's controlling the courtrooms. Now are you are you talking about the live trials that they're doing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of that, respectfully, I think a lot of that falls on the judge. Uh, because uh, if you remember the Tina Stewart murder trial, uh, where mm-hmm. they, she was a basketball player, yeah. uh, chan- all the television channels in Nashville did that live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, there was another one they did live, maybe Gilly, they did that live through Channel 5, that 5 plus. Yeah. But it's really up to the judge, I think, to control uh, how these things happen, how they move through. Uh, you really don't want the judge should not really become the personality in the case and you yeah. really shouldn't let the lawyers become the personality of the case it just needs to be the facts that come from the witness stand and a lot of times Truman what you get to do if you'll take time to do it is you meet with these television people before mm-hmm. and you tell them okay I'm going to allow one camera in there you can't do the jury uh, not going to be taking the camera down and all that stuff once you're there you're there and then if you do enough pre-trial motion hearings and stuff like that like a lot of those trials you'll watch, they'll be bringing up all these objections and motions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Most of those things can be taken care of before trial if you do your scheduling right so you don't get off on all these tangents yeah. and stuff. But it's 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 difficult. I mean, I watched uh, the O.J. Simpson trial, Ooh. and I've met, I've met the judge there before, and I thought he did a terrible job. I did, I mean, too. it was just... It was just a circus. Yeah. And and that's not what court – court is not supposed to be a circus. If you do it right – I was teaching a course out at the uh, judicial college about how to do jury trials. I said, if you do it right, it's like a it's like a dance that everybody knows the steps to. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks right. If you don't, people are just kind of just bounced off the walls and stuff like that. But it's uh, – I've been blessed – uh, those are those are the best days when jury trials are over. It's kind of like a weight's been taken off of you, and the jury's gone, and they're happy and gone back home and stuff like that. But I was very fortunate uh, to do that. I'm, my well, my children gave me this uh, thing where you answer a question every day, and they make a book about it at mm-hmm. the end of it. So, so I've been doing that and <laughs> working on it. Somebody told me not to do that. That that's why somebody can find out your private stuff as well. Yeah. I don't really ha- I really don't have that much interesting stuff. But I started thinking about all the murder trials and various cases I'd done mm-hmm. and trying to think about those and the impact it had on me and then like on Rita and the kids and stuff like that. Because your life 
impacted your family. The job mm-hmm. you chose impacted your family. The job I chose impacted my family as well. If you don't have a spouse that loves you a lot and and supports you in no matter what you do, stay out of law enforcement and stay out of the legal profession. Absolutely. I mean, it it, it is not like any other job that you, you can have. It's not. And and you, you're talking about the McGill case. Um, I was there every day, and of course we we worked that case. And uh, it, it was a terrible scene when we uh, first, were first called out there. If you and, remember, y'all made a videotape of it. Yes. I saw yes. the videotape. It's, yeah. ter- it's terrible. Yes, yes, it was. And the thing about it is it, it's the only case that I ever remember in court that the victims and the perpetrators all sat together. Yeah. It, it was one of those, it, it was so, um, I mean, it, it was not like anything you'll ever see because you had uh, interrelations. Yeah. And, and the persons um, that uh, committed the crime, they were young boys. Yeah. And, and the uh, uh, McGills were older and they uh, would hire people to come out and work. Sure. And, and uh, everybody knew that he kept money around the house. In his bib, in his top of his bib overalls. Yeah. But w- when you think about it is uh, they knew that Mr. McGill and Ms. McGill knew them. Right. And when they went in, uh, they um, almost had to do something yeah. with them. And, and, and that's something that there's so many uh, circumstances that are brought up in murder uh, trials. It, 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 it's, it's like solving a puzzle piece by piece. And it's, it's unbelievable. And I, I, I want you to tell me we have had the best judges and the best DAs of any community in the state of Tennessee. I and agree. I've never seen any better. I agree. Uh, Guy Dotson, uh, Bill Weitzel. I- I'll tell you a story. Uh, we uh, Guy was lacking a, uh, a assistant DA, and uh, he called me one day, and this is the way Guy does things or did things. And uh, he said, Truman, I've, I've named the new DA, assistant DA. And I said, great. I said, who have you got? He said, Bill Weitzel. I said, what? <laughs> Bill had long hair had big beard. and beard, beard and all that. And I said, what in the world have you done? And he, he started laughing. He said, he's gotten orders. He's going to have to shave and cut his hair and, and all that. But he says he's got the brightest mind I've ever seen. He was a great, he was a great DA. And J. Paul Newman oh, also yeah. was great, too. I, I was really fortunate uh, being on the bench, working with those with those guys uh, yeah. I thought they did it I thought that they did an amazing job and yeah I think that was thing that always surprised me I'd look at a case and I, I don't know all the evidence before the trial starts I know a lot of it but I don't know it all and I'd look at something I said, I'm not sure they've got enough here and they would always bring in evidence that I didn't know yeah uh, I mean just amazing amazing amount of work that comes from the DA working together with the police to, to develop a case. I yeah. don't think people understand how many hours and hours and hours that uh, that stuff takes. You know, that there's a lot of prejudice-type thinking in almost all jurors' mind mm-hmm. of something. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's something that we're seeing a lot right now. But back in those days, wasn't it a little easier to select the jurors than than it is right now. I, that's not really been my experience. I think, I think Truman, if you do it right, I think that it calls people to be more than what they thought they could be. They yeah. want, they want to do the, they want to do the right thing. Now, sometimes people don't, and they have excuses to get off jury duty and stuff like that, which is fine. But most of the time, um, I, th- I see that it makes them, you know 
want to be better. I, I, Rita and I went to see The Kill a Mockingbird in, oh, in, in, New, in New York yeah. on yeah. Broadway. Yeah. Fantastic. And Scout, this was not in the movie, Scout, the little girl, the person who's playing the little girl, yeah. said that when people write, when people stand up when you go into court, when mm -hmm. the judge walks in there, it's not just for the judge. It's for what goes on in that courtroom yeah. about what justice is supposed to stand for. That's the reason people stand, because it's something important. Yeah. And I'd never really thought of it that way. But that's exactly right. I think it, and I think if the judge does it right, and and the lawyers do it right, and the jurors, it can make jurors be better people, more focused, more interested in doing what's justice, instead of, you know, when I get out of here, I'm gonna go write a book about this. Yeah. You know that that's the that's the mindset you've got to change. You got to make them want to do what's right. Well, it's the great equalizer. It is. And, and also a great educator. It is. And I, I have seen you uh, make that point many times in the courtroom. And um, it um, you were talking about um, the movie that you saw. Uh, I, I bet you you have seen 12 Angry Men I also. Have. I have. And, and um, I, I, I presume that that type of thought is not in every case, but you you do have situations where prejudice actually came in and and where they wanted to be and they they were not able to be there because they were having to make decisions and and uh, it was um, um, what was the case that probably uh, influenced you more than any other and i'm talking about murder cases because hmm. um that's a good question <laughs> i hope so wow but uh it, it there has to be some now i can think of five or six that still are strong in my mind yeah and uh i i i, I start questioning everything while i'm sitting there listening yeah well see i would love i've, I've had four or five cases where the, or more than that, Ray, where the defendant doesn't take the stand, and yeah. I've got all this evidence, and the jury convicts, but I'd really like to know the whole story. Yeah. Like in the Captain D's murder trial, if you remember, they executed the two, uh, the manager and the co-manager, put mm -hmm. them in the freezer. Then they, then somehow, the young man who worked there, they meet up the two people who rob, allegedly are, were convicted of robbing them, mm -hmm. meet up with him back behind that Walmart or wherever that shopping center is right next to Captain D's and shoot him in the back of the head in his car. Yeah. So I, I don't, to this day, I still don't know how they got him there or why he was there. Yeah. And so that, that was, uh, but in that case, uh, Latonya Taylor, that was the lady we first did the death penalty trial on, that issue was whether or not she was uh, intellectually uh, capable to yeah. do this and so that was a big issue and in Tennessee it falls solely on the trial judge to make that determination they don't give you you know if your IQ is this or whatever you look mm -hmm. at the IQ but you also look at the surrounding circumstances so, <clears throat> so getting to work with lawyers like uh, Herschel Coger who just passed away uh, Paul Bruno these guys all they do is death penalty cases mm -hmm. that's their specialty uh, Barry Tidwell Judge Tidwell Mm -hmm. He did one of those. He did. Uh, he was second chair in the O. Charlie's killing. So mm -hmm. it's hard. It, it's hard to think about which one had more more influence on me. I remember Steve Walton though told me uh, while I was doing one of the captain doing that Captain D's case. He said, "That's real judging right there when you're doing death penalty cases." And I go, "Yeah," and you don't really think of it as that way. Yeah. Just as sheriff, you don't really think what I'm doing is really sheriff's work this is really important work but uh yeah i've i've had a i've had i don't know if you remember harold lawson yes he killed harold killed his wife up there at the old hospital and so i was up in uh, whitney stigall's off uh courtroom and they bring this guy in and he's all cuffed up and they'd been looking for harold lawson forever yeah and so mr <laughs> so whitney asked him if uh if he can afford a lawyer and he says he's got like 20 bucks well, Peter Hall sat next to me. You know Peter. I know and he Peter. goes, that won't get him anything. <laughs> and then uh, uh, 
Harold Lawson turns around and looks at me and goes, there's always a smart blank in the courtroom. <laughs> and then he appointed, and then Whitney appointed Frank Fly and told me to go, because I was working with Frank, told me to go back there and get him to fill out the agency form thing. Mm -hmm. And thank goodness some of your deputies were there, because I was scared to death to sit in the room with that, with that guy. And he eventually got, he eventually got convicted. And then the killing out there at the uh, uh, meet. Um, oh, yeah, the Jones. The Jones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was appointed to represent the shooter in that. So I, I represent him. So I, I, I was just thinking, like I said, last night, talking, thinking about talking to you, all the stuff I've been involved in, you really kind of forget. <laughs> you know, as life rolls on, you just forget all these Things when at that time it was a big deal. It was a big deal. The meat locker wasn't very far from the jail, as you oh, remember. Oh, it was right down from the jail. Yeah, and that was one where um, the ones that were going to perpetrate a crime, it it made a big turnaround, as we remember. Yeah, and uh, say I had dealt with him. Of course, I, I I'm not going to talk about them because you know the cat right. there's a really great family great family that was that was part of all of that i agree and, and, and you never know which direction some of those cases are going to go no no and um i i think that the thing that bothers always bothered me more than anything else is the law enforcement officers who are the first responders to these cases once we get out to the scene you cannot explain to people what's going through your head. Right. I mean, the Laura Salmon case and, 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 and the McGill case and all of those, it, it, it's, it's all wrapped up in your emotions when you get there. And I don't care how long you've been in the business, in law enforcement, those things still bother you. They and do. you take them to bed and you'll live with them the, the, the rest of your life. And, and people in today's world, you're seeing a lot of uh, people just after law enforcement. They, they, they want to just completely take them out. If they could walk in the shoes of someone in law enforcement and, and in your job as, as a judge, it would absolutely change your mind in those particular thoughts. Yeah, I agree. And it, and it, it's, it saddens me to see how we have gone in the wrong direction in the people that we support. And I, I see all these people that are committing crimes, and they won't obey anything the law enforcement officers are trying to do. And I can tell you, some of these bad areas, where it'd be usually in major cities, right. Uh, the people that are the real victims are the ones who live in those areas, and then the bad guys come in and pretty much take it over. And and the, well, the, some of the that's leading a lot of that. Yeah, some of the finest people I've ever met in my life were law enforcement people. They're just so dedicated and just work so hard and are underpaid and have such pressure on the, on them. It's just an amazing thing. But I think, as we said earlier, that the pendulum swings back and forth. I think the time will come back. Uh, I think where, the pendulum's stuck right now. <laughs> that's right. I think, I think it's still moving. Well, you think example, so? Yeah. Well, my brother told me. Uh, he said. He said, Donnie. So everybody led me calls me Donnie. You should watch uh, Blue Blood, and I'd never watched it before, but I liked watching a family sitting together for dinner every dinner every Sunday, and yeah. I, I like. Um, I like. Uh, how 99% of the time it shows police in a positive, uh, a positive way. Because I think, and, but you know what, the SRO program, I, you know, it's it's little things. If we're not careful, we get caught up in this big picture of all this stuff's just terrible. Yeah. But if you look, for example, at the SRO program in our little community, and the impact that's had on kids, mm -hmm. where they're not afraid to talk to police anymore. Yeah. And they have. I never had that growing up. We didn't have SRO. I didn't. I didn't know a single policeman. But now, in every one of our schools, there's at least one or two or three policemen that these kids get to see in a non-threatening deal, and they're saving lives and and 
influencing children, stuff like that. So I think a lot of times we need to celebrate the small things that we see out there and just in our community because we can't fix everything. But in our in our community, I think it's I think it's pretty amazing. I, I really do. I, it I changes law enforcement officers too. It does. I think that's true. I can too. remember Bubba Howe. He was against it, and uh, he came in my office one day and he says, "I think I want to do it." <laughs> so he went out to Rockville, and it wasn't three weeks. He was calling me. He said, "This is the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life." Because those those. Uh, kids out there, they treat me like a rock star. He said they're holding my uh, legs and they don't want me to get away, and they're telling me things that you wouldn't believe it's going on in their homes. Yeah. And, and, and that, that was amazing. That's oh, great. gosh, yes. It, it makes everybody on both sides uh, changed to a very positive yeah. attitude. Yeah. So I think, we should, I think we should celebrate that. And I think that's one great thing about Rutherford County, and it's not perfect. And all the judges are not perfect, and all the lawyers are not perfect, and all the police aren't perfect. Certainly all the people are not perfect. But there's so many good things going on here. Yeah. That if we can focus on those and try to lift those people up, because there's so much negativity out here and meanness. And I, that's the thing that bothers me. I see more meanness towards it, people that I yeah. just, I've, I've never, seen, never seen before. Because uh, I, I, I want to live in a community where people work together to try to make the community better. And I think that's what Rutherford County does. And I think people like you at the Sheriff's Department, your legacy still lives on at that Sheriff's Department from when y'all were down there on Main Street. Oh, I that. miss that place. <laughs> 400 West Main you Street. You remember that? Oh, Ow. my gosh. <laughs> that, that was the greatest meeting place in the whole downtown area. It was a good meeting place, but yeah. I had to go up when I, when I was a young lawyer. We didn't have a public defender, so you'd appoint local lawyers to represent poor people. And so somehow the deal was that they took the young lawyers, and we'd have to go up through those cells and appoint lawyers. Mm -hmm. And so I went up there on the, I think it's on the second floor. I'd have to walk down that row. Joe, so-and-so, your lawyer, such-and-such. Your lawyer, such-and-such. One time I'm walking down there, I said, your lawyer, such-and-such. He goes, thank you. And I walked the next guy. Then the guy starts screaming at me. I go, what's wrong? He goes, Joe here says, he's terrible. I want another, another lawyer. <laughs> but... But it, it, did you ever go up there during the summertime when, when of course, there was no air conditioning? No air there. conditioning at all. It would get 110, 15 degrees up there. But it was hot downstairs, too. Yeah. And you remember, didn't you have a room down there where it kept juveniles? You we had one did. For women. You had one for women, not much space. Yeah. It's funny how much Rutherford County's changed from that jail out there to. The 900 Of course, we, we were sued in federal court, if you remember. I remember. <laughs> and, and our judge, who was supposed to be one of the toughest judges uh, uh, up there, he was actually on our side. And I never will forget that. I was so proud of him because he used common sense that um, uh, you really don't ever expect that in, in uh, federal court. <laughs> and I just, I just loved him to death. And every once in a while, he'd tell the uh, one that was representing the prisoners to shut up. So I, I, just, I had a great time in there. I really did. Growing up here, or not as a young lawyer here, with Whitney Stigall and, yes. and Judge Buckner yes. and Jim Clayton and Steve Daniel, all those guys had – as a young lawyer, all those guys had an influence on my yeah. career, and I'm and Dick uh, Dick LaRoche. I was a big fan of Dick LaRoche, and and Wilkes Coffee was a character, but Wilkes was all Wilkes was always good to me. Uh, You're so, right; he was a character. He was. We don't have we don't have the great orators like uh, Buck Bolton. Uh, he would fill up a courtroom when he'd go yeah. in there and talk, and Dick LaRoche and. Wilkes Coffee and all those guys, uh, Guy Dotson, they would just come in there and just take over a room. Yeah. And I'd just sit there and watch this in amazement how they would just come in there and just fill the fill the room. And all eyes would just look towards them and listen, listen towards them. One thing about Guy, too, a lot of people didn't realize that he would reach out to the people who he was prosecuting a lot of times and he would use common sense in it and he could see the good 
in almost everybody, and I can remember one, I'm not going to mention his name, but uh, he was charged with murder, and uh, on, I took him to the penitentiary after he was convicted, and he told me, he said, Truman, I just want to let you know, I didn't commit that murder. But he said, I deserve to go to the penitentiary for all the other one, right. all the things that I had done. So <laughs> that, that was pretty interesting. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Judge Don Ash. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. On FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. I'm Carly Henry, and I love Adam's Place. The food is very good, and we're playing our card games, and then we're looking and thinking it's about supper time. And all we have to do is go down and take our seats and wait to be waited on. And that's a far cry from what all of us have done when we had to go home from work and cook dinner for a family. I would encourage my friends to come to Adam's Place because it's a good choice. Del Wamsley here. The first thing you're going to have to learn is until you stop expecting the politicians or anyone else to change your life, your life isn't going to change. The only person who can change your life is you, but you need to know how. Turn off the pundits and turn on the passive income. Tune in to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen to my show, the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. Catch the Dell Wamsley Radio Show Monday through Saturday, 11 to noon, here on News Radio WGNS. Hi, this is Bob Cornell, pastor of Covenant Church right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. The answer that you've been looking for is found in Jesus and what he accomplished at the cross. You see, Jesus changes lives from the inside out. We would love for you to join us at Covenant Church, located at 1124 Brinkley Ave, right here in Murfreesboro. We have services Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. You can learn more about us at our Cornell Ministries YouTube channel. We want you to grow in Christ at Covenant Church. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. In observance of Martin Luther King Jr. Day, all City of Murfreesboro offices and most recreational facilities will be closed on Monday, January 17th. Citizens are encouraged to support MLK Jr. Day of Service, a day on, not a day off, to build a community and uplift neighborhoods. There'll be no garbage pickup on Monday, January 17th. Monday's garbage pickup will be Tuesday the 18th. Tuesday's garbage pickup will be moved to Wednesday. Rover, the city's public transportation service, will not run on the federal holiday. There is a list of what's open and closed on WGNSRadio.com. After 23 years in law enforcement, Patty Esser is the new Safe Schools Director. Working directly with Director of Schools Bill Spurlock and all 50 RCS principals, Esser says her goal is to maintain safe schools. She replaces David Krim, who is retiring after four years in the role. Esser begins her career as Safe Schools Director with experience as an SRO, dispatcher, patrol officer, and student advocate. She previously worked with Siegel, Rockvale, Holloway, and Oakland schools as a school resource officer. Starting Saturday, private health insurers will be required to cover up to eight home COVID-19 tests per month for those on their plans. The Biden administration announced the change Monday as it looks to lower cost and make testing for the virus more convenient amid rising frustrations. Only tests purchased on or after January 15th will be required to be covered. News on demand 24-7 at WGNSRadio.com. And when news breaks, we tweet it. Follow us at WGNS Radio. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. The Good Neighbor Network, on air and online at WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's most trusted source for local news. 
Luxuriously designed, exquisitely detailed, first in its class, corner to corner a true work of art, capable of going from zero to $300,000 in a few seconds flat. Are we talking about a sports car? Oh no, we're talking about Jumbo Bucks Premium Edition Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. So test drive the new gold standard in instant tickets today. The Tennessee Lottery, game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Looking for something to take your mind off this traffic? How about a true story of instant success? Did you hear about the two friends who went grocery shopping in Ashland City and picked up everything on their list plus $75,000? Or the one where a truck driver made a last-minute stop off Interstate 40 and drove off with a cool million. All their lives changed in an instant, and yours could too. So stop by your local retailer for your chance with instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing, life-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Good neighbor weather. We'll see mostly sunny skies here this afternoon with a high in the mid-40s. Winds out of the northeast are on 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear skies, a low near 25. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 26. Premier Six Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100, or go see a movie.com. Popcorn Pop Fresh Daily, their movie hotline, 896-4100, or go see a movie.com. Premier Six on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back with Judge Don Ash. And you know, you were blessed and I was blessed because we were raised in a small town atmosphere absolutely <laughs> and a lot of people don't realize that uh, the media they, they try to push everything uh, against law enforcement the courts and, and all that stuff across the country but every state every city is entirely different you can't judge those things like that and being here in a community where we knew most of the people that were in our community uh, it made our judgments a whole lot clearer here and you weren't being bombarded as to what was going on in the courtroom and um, some of these places uh, the big cities are dangerous to people in law enforcement, in, in the legal profession, and things like that. I agree. And, and, and most people, when they see it on television, they think that's the way it is all the way across the country. But it's not. It's not. And I think that's why a lot of people are moving in here from California, New York, uh, up in the, the Midwest. This is what the United States used to be all across the country they were patriotic they loved their country and they were willing to go out and and work for their living yeah that's a, a rate of my wife sells real estate and does very well and i appreciate all her hard work but she sold a house to some people uh, over on main street from mm -hmm. california and maybe some of your listeners can help me with this because uh this family really nice they've got like four or five little children uh, they put up the American flag. They have a flagpole in front of their wow. house. They put up the American flag every day, uh, their son does. Mm -hmm. And she told me that she wants Murfreesboro to have a 4th of, Jul 4th of July parade. Yeah. And I thought that was a great idea. I said, you know what, let me, let me see if I can help you with that. So I've talked to a couple of veterans groups thinking they might help lead that. She wants to be in charge of it. And I told her, I just introduced her to somebody. But... Uh, Maybe few of your listeners uh, would like to get involved in that because mm -hmm. she wants to get those little flags and put them all up and down Main Street. And yeah. I think that would be a great, great way to honor America, uh, kind of bring it back the way it used to be a little bit where we, rep uh, where we recognize veterans and first responders. And mm -hmm. uh, I think that I think that'd be a fun thing. But she's she and her husband from California. They came here and she said exactly what you want said she goes i want to be around more patriotic people and i'd like to help lead this in our community and she's brand new here wow isn't that cool it is cool yeah and and, and i'm i'm glad that people are 
moving in here because they see what this area is like. And I think for the most part, most of them that are moving in here want to be just like us right. and, and, and love being here in, in the greatest country in the world and, right. and still and support all of these veterans. I, I was at uh, Panama City, uh, Jackie and I were, years ago, and uh, we heard that they were going to honor the veterans on that day. So uh, they were handing out little flags and everything. Yeah. So I told Jackie, let's go over to one of the main drags where they're going to be and, and um, just holler at them and all that stuff. And, you know, all the ones, they were all in convertibles. It's where you could see them. And all of them who had been uh, uh, maimed, shot uh, during the campaign that they were in, uh, I could see their faces because we were almost right next to them when they would come by. Sure. And they had flags of their own waving, and every one of them was crying. I bet. It just tore me all to pieces. I mean, I, I get I get tears in my eyes just thinking about it. And uh, that's what our country needs to be. Exactly. We need to be grateful for all of those people that paid uh, the ultimate price, one exactly. way or the other. Yeah, I've been to, I've been to Normandy twice. Wow! And and you talk about something that's stunning is going and seeing what those guys faced and walk on that beach or see that cliff those men climbed up while people while Germans yeah. were shooting at them. Yeah, I mean it's un it's unbelievable. Did you go to the graveside? I'm sure I did. Well, yeah. Oh, I've done this tour twice. It if you remember the movie, the miniseries Band of Brothers. Yes. It follows. The, Saw it. It follows the miniseries. Yeah. Uh, you start in Normandy. You go to Belgium, uh, where they had the Battle of the Bulge. Yeah. Uh, you end up in uh, Eagle's Nest, uh, Hitler's uh, home up on top of that top of that mountain. But it's like a two week tour, and it was just fantastic uh, to think about those men going through those hedgerows and all that mm -hmm. stuff, fighting that, you know, just for the well-being, really, of the world. I mean, that's the, uh, I was watching something the other, other night, and it said if the Germans had taken over England, then it would have affected America, how they got into the war, yeah. and it would have changed Europe forever. And I think that's true. And I think because of men and women who stood up and answered the call and made the, made the sacrifice from their families and friends in our country, sacrificed too. They rationed rubber and all kinds of stuff uh, so that they could have enough or enough stuff to to make tanks and all this other stuff. You know, so yeah, I think we need to honor those. I think we need to honor those people. I remember talking to Bill Allen. Of course, World War Two. Bill's in his um, mid nineties, and he he'd been on the radio show three or four times, or maybe even more than that, and. Uh, when he took that trip over there, uh, when uh, his ship was sunk, and uh, he was one of the few that survived, and when he uh, uh, people found out about it, so they wanted to do a little TV show of, about what went on at that time, and they put him in a, one of those two or three man submarines wow. and put him underneath. He took them directly to his ship and and showed them exactly where the explosion happened wow. in that ship. And can you imagine? I mean, uh, th those people are special. They, they say they're the greatest generation, and I'm not going to argue with that one. But, but uh, we still have a lot of veterans from um, not in World War One anymore, but we've got them from World War Two through every conflict that's happened here uh, in the world. Really? And, and when I'm around them, I, I, I just get so, uh, I just want to salute them every time they come around me. Read his Uncle Frank, Frank Hayes. Yeah. World War Two. Yeah. Guy's leg blown off in France. I know Frank <laughs> well. You talk about a fine man. Yes. And, and the times I've been, the times I've gone over to Normandy, uh, I would meet with him first. Yeah. And he would show me the map of okay, this is where this happened and that happened and yeah. all that. And he would talk about that those battle stuff. You know, you're right. Those kind of those men and women are special. And, and you know, he would 
he would still do breakfasts for fundraisers at churches. Cooks pancakes. And, and all that. Yes, yeah, on the best does. pancakes. And uh, for many, many years, I did not know he had a, a wooden leg. Yeah, and one day, well, I was at one of those pancake breakfasts, and I just happened to hit his leg. I said, Frank, what in the world? He said, you didn't know that that, that was not a real leg? I said, no, I didn't. Yep. Because... He he never complained about anything, and he always wanted to do something for people. And he's got a lot of the, the uh, uh, things that he had in World War II over at the courthouse. He they does. have a museum over there. He now. does. He does. That Hayes family, uh, uh, Uncle Frank, and then Rita's mom's Ruth Joy. Uh, I mean, those those people were just spectacular to me. Yeah, uh, I, I'm a better person because uh, I'm I'm in that family. You know, I'll bet you Rita does a great job dealing with people coming in from other states and reporting to them back to what, how lucky they are to be moving into this area. She knows all about the schools. Uh, she can tell you about which areas are good to live in and stuff like that. Uh, she, she tells me. Like I said, I've learned, you can tell you're in a good marriage when you're learning from your wife, stuff you've been married over I learned years. the whole time. But Rita told me that it's really about relationships. It's yeah. not about selling anything. And if you can develop relationships with people, it doesn't just go through that house. It goes through, uh, you know, through a lifetime. Like yesterday, I came home and Rita had some flowers there. And I said, who got your flowers? Because I knew I didn't. Mm -hmm. And she and it was the, the couple from California oh, that wow. she had sold in that house and those and that couple sent her a card saying we cannot thank you enough for introducing us to people here in Murfreesboro and making us feel like part of the community yeah that's that's what you're supposed to that's where the creating that relationship is but don't we make a big mistake by by just saying if you're from California if you're from New York you're, you're you don't really belong in this community because right. we're so much different but a lot of them are yearning and craving. We want to go to some place that we feel comfortable and the people are like we always wanted right. to be around those type and, of people. And especially like this family, they've got like four children and they're little children. Oh, and so wow. They, so, they want, so they want their children to be in an environment where they feel safe, where they go to good schools, uh, you know, where they can be part of something. Yeah. And so that gives them an opportunity uh, to, to do that. It's really funny that Murfreesboro Magazine, whatever, I can't remember the name of it, VIP or whatever, if you look at the cover of it this, this time, Charlie Baum, who's one of our state representatives and his mm -hmm. wife, the couple next to them is the new couple that just moved in from California. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so Rita and I were there and introduced them and got the picture made with Charlie yeah. and them. And so Rita talked to the wife the other day and said, you know, you You've only been here from California for about a year now. I bet you weren't on any magazine covers in California. <laughs> she said she was not. <laughs> but that's being part of the community. Yeah. Well, you, you know, this uh, area right here, it's not uh, absent from change. Uh, everything changes. Yes. And you, you and I remember, and I especially remember, that if you ran for office in Rutherford County, you ran as a Democrat. I don't think you ever saw a Republican candidate for many, many, many years, many years. In, in this area. And now it's switched, and um, the Republicans won, as we all know, in 2010. And uh, I remember Bart Gordon, when I, I was running that year, my last year, he, he said, Truman, he said, you can't win this year. And uh, I had uh, a couple of uh, Republicans trying to get me to run on that ticket. And uh, I said, my daddy and my granddaddy would throw me out of the family if they were still alive if I did that. But, but it, it, it's changing. And I have a real difficult time um, putting people under a party name. Exactly. And that, that bothers me. It's almost like I wish there wasn't a party system and people ran on their own. Well, those kind of races, though, like that, I don't think should be partisan. No, I don't I mean, I, mean yeah. I, don't, I don't think the sheriff or the judge or the county mayor, you know, or school board, or I know yeah. that's changed, but b because what happens is people get lazy and don't get informed about the candidates and yeah. instead just click 
based upon a party. Yeah. And that's and that's a disservice to the election. Yeah. I mean, you really need to take time when you go vote, you really need to take time to dig into these people and who's running and what they stand for and you know stuff like that. But yeah. but that's a it's a, it's a nationwide problem and it it applies to both. Yeah. I mean, it, so I I don't know, I don't know how we get I don't know how we get around I don't know how we get around that. But I hope that I look at the new judges now and and mm-hmm. I think they all are going to run as Republican. I think. Yeah. Uh, which I don't that's, blame them. You run wherever you want to run. That's the only way you can win. Yeah, but they're they're all good people. Yeah. And they all want to do a good job and care about it. And you know I'm proud proud of them. We got a caller on the line. Caller, yeah. welcome aboard with Judge Don Ash. Hi, Chairman. Um, Robert Godsey here, Bob. Um, just wanted to tell you I've been listening to your show. About a week ago, I heard a show, and it was incredible. There were people from California and these liberal states calling in, and they were unanimously saying that most of the people they knew from their states they left either were planning to leave or had left or were going to leave as soon as they could. And um, what's amazing to me is I used to think to myself when I'd hear about the blue state people coming here, oh, my gosh, they're going to bring their politics with them. They'll be turning us purple before we go blue. But now after listening to that show, I'm convinced that we're red now and we're going to be even redder with the arrival of all these disenchanted um, people. And it reminds me of the saying that Ronald Reagan once was noted for, where he said, uh, the Democratic Party, I didn't leave them, they left me. And with mm-hmm. most people in their minds, the moderate Democrats are a vanishing dinosaur. And um, it's either Marxism and radical change on the towards the left, or it's holding dear to the American values that we all love. And I, I think these people are coming here, and whereas as I was kind of hesitant to think of ever welcoming any or being positive about it, now I'm totally positive about it. I'm glad they are coming, and I think it's going to be good for Tennessee that these people from these blue states are coming here because they they don't want any of that stuff being pushed down their throat. And that's my comment. Thank you very Thank much. You. Appreciate you. that. You know, one thing that um, the new people coming in are bringing is they're supporting the real estate industry. They are. But, they, but they're, they're changing, like um, uh, Williamson County has always been what we consider the richest of all the counties. Yep. And, and, and now you look at the cost of real estate now, it's just going through the roof, and 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 I, I really didn't think I would ever see that in my lifetime. Yeah, I didn't think I'd see it either. And what I've seen with Rita's business is that now, uh, you'll put your house up for sale, and basically people will bid on it. Yeah. And like I've seen Rita say, okay, I'm gonna take bids until Sunday at four, mm-hmm. and so send me your best your best offer by then, and people are paying more than what people are asking for the house mm-hmm. with no conditions, no appraisal, nothing, cash. You know, they don't want big loans. They don't want contingent on selling the house and stuff like that. I think they'll continue as long as the inventory is low because mm-hmm. right now the inventory for housing is low here in, in Rutherford County. If it ever gets back up, then that may stabilize a little bit. But I agree with you. These prices are just unbelievable. I, mean, I, I never imagined uh, the prices for houses would be what they – what they are now yeah and but the thing that bothers me is we're growing fast in our population we are now and you never know i'm i'm one of those i i I don't like a lot of growth and and, um i've talked or got we have ronnie martin on who is a city council ronnie's a great guy good guy he really is he's uh vp with uh pinnacle bank and uh, and Jan uh, Stewart will always be on with him. She keeps him straight, which, which is a good thing. That's a good thing. But but it's it's a hard thing to work out in your mind. We we need growth up to a point, but but sometimes growth can be a very negative thing. Exactly. And, and if 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 we see that where we still don't have that personal touch. 
and you and I have seen it. We yeah. We've seen it change drastically yeah. over the years. Yeah, and but the th- I think, Truman, the big thing that makes a difference here that will eventually slow down growth is so much of the county does not have sewer or water. Yeah. And so that's where going, I am. That's going to control buildings. Yeah. And so that's why you see. I think that's why you see so many apartments being built now. Yeah. Two reasons. One. This new generation doesn't want to own a house. They want to be more mobile where they can go around. They can move from place to place. And the second thing, housing, uh, there's less and less land available to build on. A lot less. Uh, you know, just because it's like Wilson County. Yeah. It's all rock. <laughs> so <laughs> you dig down a little bit far, you're going to hit rock. What, what, was, what caused the explosion in Mount Julian? Uh, I think the interstate. Uh, uh-huh. the, uh, the interstate being close to, closer to Nashville, there was yeah. a lot of land where that big shopping center is. I think it's Providence. I think that's the name of it. Mm-hmm. Once that came in, then they built all those subdivisions, and that changed. And it's all to the right. If you're coming from Nashville, it's on the right hand side, yeah. and that changed Mount Julia. When I was growing up in Wilson County, uh, people looked down on Mount Julia. If you were from Mount Julia, you were you had to be from Lebanon. You had to be from Lebanon. Yeah. <laughs> now I think that's changed. I think Mount Julia's kind of outgrown Lebanon. Yeah, it it it's um you know James Hamlin. I do. Did you did you know James in the old days? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Wow, uh, he he he's married to my first cousin, and uh, uh, we we talk a lot about the old days in in uh, in both of these counties, and and I, I wish that the new people coming in had seen some of the comp- competitive things that used to go on here like at, at the old uh, MTSC right. uh, gymnasium over there. Did you ever see any of the competition between the old basketball teams from every little town in, in Rutherford County? No, I did in Wilson County. I did in Wilson County. Oh, y'all had that, the same uh-huh. thing we did? Right, right. Wow. We didn't have as many. Yeah, uh, y'all were bigger, but we had we had yeah. three or four little schools, and they all played each other. A lot of it was junior high stuff, yeah. but there was some some high school stuff. Oh, that was big time uh, here. I loved uh, raised, being raised in Lebanon was a great thing. I made a lot of good friends and people. Uh, I, I care about I care about that community. I do. Yeah. Well, I know one of the basketball coaches. Um, he was uh, from here. But he coached in Lebanon, and and he had the best girls basketball team. It was Cam- for a year. Campbell Brandon. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and Charles and I, his brother, played football t- together. And but the funny thing about it is, you never lose that personal touch. And, and I don't want to see that gone because he would come actually drive his car over in Rutherford County just to listen to our radio show because we would be talking about this area. Yeah. And, and, and you never, never lose. That, that that close uh, feeling. I, years ago, I was dating a little girl that played for Campbell, uh, and Campbell was big buddies with Harry Gill. Ah, uh, and so they would all meet over at this little girl's house where her family were, had a big time all the time. So yeah, Campbell and Harry Gill uh, give me a hard time all the time about dating that little girl when she was playing for Lebanon Blue Devilettes. <laughs> it's a while back. Well, Campbell loves to go uh, on these cruises now. Yep. I never thought that he would like that, but he does. I, and, but if you ever been on a cruise, it's a bad time to go right now. Yep. I don't, I don't care what Terry Hodge says. It's still a bad time to well, take a cruise Rita, right now. Rita and I enjoy doing that. So once times get better, we're going to get back on the back on the ships again. But we've we've been great places. Is there anything we need to bring up? At, at, we I, had anything special going on. Yeah, I, I want to say this. WGNS and Bart Walker have been so good to me. Uh, I appreciate their radio station, and I appreciate you, Truman. From when I first ran for office, I was walking door to door. I think you were mowing the yard or sitting on the porch drinking lemonade or something, and you told me, he said, Don, the word is you're not out work hard enough. And I said, I'm out here working. He goes, well, word is you're not working hard enough. And I said, okay, I'll do. I'll work harder. And I did. And I learned from that lesson that if you really want something, you got to work harder than anybody else on it. Yeah. You just can't rely on everybody. You can't rely on people telling you, yeah, you got this in the bag, blah, blah, blah. You got to work harder. And, that, and you don't tell anybody else that you've got it in the bag. Exactly. Homer Jones, 
he never got beat and for many many years and he would about three months before the election he would always come and see me and said truman i'm gonna get beat this time i'm gonna get beat <laughs> I, i'm scared to death we need to get you need to get out and start working and of course we would and then he'd win by 90 percent of the vote you remember sonny elam used to tell people that his job wasn't elected yeah <laughs> so nobody would run for it <laughs> that he was, a was pretty sharp <laughs> he was pretty sharp but now i'm blessed to live in this community uh if I pass away tomorrow, you tell Rita, I said, I had a wonderful life. And, and Wait her, a minute. Now, you can't pass away tomorrow because Thursday is a big day for you. Well, it's, it's a birthday. So I'm, as you get older, birthdays aren't as big as they used to. <laughs> they oh, used to. yes, they are. You're just glad to be there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, pre I do appreciate you. And I appreciate your friendship over all these years. Too. Your years. I really yeah, you're special. And, and everybody asks me, uh, which ashes are you related to? I don't know. Why is that uh, such a big deal coming out of I don't know. Here in Rutherford County, especially. My brother, Dirk, was principal at Laverne High School. Yes. He's now retired. He's a court officer for a judge in Wilson County. My, oh. cousin, my cousin, John Ash, is the principal of Central Magnet yeah. School. And then my other cousin, like third or fourth cousin, is Terry Ash. He was the former sheriff from Wilson County. One of my old buddies. Oh, yeah. he's uh, He has an E on his name. I always tell people my family was so poor, we had to sell our E. And, and Terry was so rich, he got to keep his E. But uh, Terry's always been great to me, too. I always yeah. love seeing him. Read his book. Uh, checking in with him is always fun. Well, I started to read it, but after the first page, I just <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Don. You're a special man, and, and you've done a lot for this community here. I just want to let you know, and and uh, I, I've never seen a better judge anywhere, and I've never seen anybody that loved his community more than you do, so Correct. that's special. Well, coming from somebody I respect as much as you, you don't know how much that means to me. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. He's getting. He, he's he's putting his uh, finger in his throat. He's getting ready to throw up. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you in the morning at nine. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.